Eternal life is held out for the taking, and the nation of Israel turns their back on it. It's a sad but serious warning for you and I today, as we'll see next. Welcome to Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard from Valley Bible Church in Hercules. We're continuing our series through Romans, Israel's Past, Present, and Future is the title of our series. Today's message, a message shared and a message spurned. We're in Romans chapter 10, verses 13 through 21. That's where we catch up with Pastor Phil Howard as we take a look at this gospel that is shared and spurned and the warning held out to you and I today. Here's Pastor Phil Howard now from Valley Bible Church in Hercules with today's broadcast of Truth For Today. Okay, obviously one day I thought these shoes were worth enough in value that I exchanged money to make a mine, right? Perceived value. I'm over at Neiman Marcus and they had all these uh, dress shirts on sale. Uh... And I thought, good. I, I want to, because I always think Nordstrom is too much. On sale, you can get one white shirt at Neiman Marcus in San Francisco on sale now. You, you got to catch the sale for $500. <laughs> That's one white shirt. And, and I, I found a sport coat that would make me look like a uh, you talk about a, a prosperity gospel preacher. If I just had that, if I just had that sport coat, and it was on sale for fifty-five hundred, I think it was pure silk. It looked to me like pure. You're going to keep it. I didn't walk out with anything from Neiman and Marcus. You know why? Nothing in there was as valuable as what I had in my wallet. See, it was just a matter of bartering. I just said, hmm. You want it, and I, this is pure cotton. You've been wearing fake cotton. For 500 bucks, you can get pure cotton. I said, honey, I'm gonna wear whatever Costco's selling, and I'm gonna, and I'm gonna keep that money in my pocket. Right there. I knew you'd agree with me on money. I could tell, I could just tell. See, it was bartering. I could have the shirt if I value it. And guess what? Saving faith is this way. What would you give to have Jesus? What's he worth to you? You say, well, well I, I like my sin. And I'm not like I thought, well, will I have to break up this girl? Will I have to quit running with those guys? And, and that, all that bartering. And he says, Satan blinds you. If you read 2 Corinthians, he blinds you to the glory to the glory that's revealed in the face of Jesus by the gospel. What the devil is blind in the unsaved crowd to, they can't see the glory that's in Jesus, the majesty, the excellence, the wonder, the greatness. And all of a sudden you say, how can you be stumbling over him? said, I'm blind. Somebody get these blindfolders off. And that's what God did for us. He rent the veil. And when we saw it, there was a majestic Christ, a glorious Christ, a Christ that was radiant and power and salvation. So we say, well, I got the greatest thing. How could I have ever said no to him? You just couldn't see him. That's when you got saved. 
Not when you knew all these facts. Quit quoting us the facts. Tell me what he means to you. How much do you value him? Kind of get some Jesus talk in your life. Oh, man. Makes me want to get saved all over. The first was so wonderful. I want a second dose. But this thing just keeps going until you see him face to face anyway. So I'm going to see him anyway. Now he said, anybody who shares this message with others will instantly get beautiful feet. Look at your feet. I have never seen a good-looking set of feet. And none smell good usually, especially if you grow up in locker rooms in Richmond. Helms, and I was stripping for PE. I thought, boy, haven't these boys heard of athlete's foot? Where's that powder? But he said, do you want to get your feet beautiful? Don't go buy some Florsham or get you some Stacy Adams. Start sharing the gospel. Everybody shares the gospel. God says, got beautiful feet. And he quoted right out of Isaiah where the messengers who brought the message to Israel that God their king had defeated the Babylonians. He said, whoever bears this message has beautiful feet. Messengers of peace. Donald Gray Barnhouse tells a story that a missionary doctor shared with him of a man that had uh, elephantitis. Common in Africa, uh, Barnhouse in his sharing of it, uh, and then Boyce shares it. He said he only had seen one case of that in America, but it was common in parts of Africa. And elephantitis will make the uh, legs from the knee down swell to 12 to 15 inches in diameter. Uh, and that part of the body will become uh, rough, hard, uh, almost like an elephant. That's where the title of the disease came from. And uh, a missionary told the story to Barnhouse how one of the African brothers came to the Lord and he had this disease, but he wouldn't rest till he told everybody in his village about this Christ that he received. And in his zeal, he went to the missionaries and he mentioned a village next to them about two miles away and he said he wanted to go there to share the gospel. But, of course, he's dragging these stumps. Very difficult to get around. Uh, the only way he could get there would be to walk. And so he took on this next village, shared the gospel with everybody there, had great zeal for God. One day he came in and he said, you know what? I know of a village 10 to 12 miles away that has never heard this message. Pray for me because I would like to go there and share it. They begin to discourage him, said, no, no, you, you can't be the one. They woke up the next morning to see that he was gone. And he got up very early and dragged his stubs called feet and legs and made his way to this village some 10 to 12 miles away. And uh, it took him to noon. He started early in the morning because it was so difficult for him to walk. And uh, he got there begin to share the gospel, and he did, but nobody took him in at night, so he had to make the long journey back, and he said the African night is a scary thing when you've got all kinds of creatures out there, 
uh, lions. It was a scary walk, but he came back and he got in about midnight. And a knock comes to this missionary doctor's door about midnight. And he said, he goes to the door, and let me read to you what he said. I saw the man, and I called my helpers, and they lifted the man almost unconscious and put him on one of the beds in the little hospital. The doctor said that he had seldom seen such a frightful sight as he looked upon those bleeding feet which had come back from such an errand of love and mercy. Unashamedly, the doctor told how he had been over those feet to minister to them. And as he cleaned and dressed them, he told how his own tears had fallen with the ointment upon them. The doctor ended this story by saying, In all my life, I do not know when my heart was more drawn out to another Christian believer. All I could think of was the verse in the Word of God, how beautiful are the feet of them that bring glad tidings, that publish peace. I ask you, saints, could God have your feet? Could God have your mouth? Sometimes uh, church life gets rather mundane and boring if all your problems are just being with other believers. William Carey in 1792 tried to talk in the Calvinist Baptist of England and Scotland to have missionaries. He couldn't talk them into it. They said it costs too much. It's too dangerous. And he began to say, if men want otter hides, they figure out how to go to Alaska in 1700s. If there are slaves to be bought off the coast of Africa, they figure out a way how to get the West Indian Company there to buy and barter in human cargo. If there's money in it, you can rationalize we ought to do it. If there's money in it, you'll do it now. If there's money in it, you'll figure out a way. Why is it when there's souls involved, we can't figure out a way? John Stott wrote a powerful book called Our Guilty Silence. Sean told me the hardest thing he ever tried to do in this church was lead evangelism explosion. Hard, hard groundwork. Steve Fernandez and I started doing it way back, nine years into this ministry. Hard work. The easiest thing not to do in this church is evangelism. Because nobody seems to have their feet nor their mouth interested. We want another Bible study. We want one more thing for us. But how dare we go to those who haven't heard? They might reject us. So be it. They rejected the Savior. He said they can't be saved without hearing. Did you know no one gets saved by watching your life? They get saved by hearing a message. They must hear the gospel. Even an imperfect Christian can lead someone to the Lord. You know why? What saves is the gospel, not you. Amen? The gospel. And I say, well, they say we're hypocrites. Well, sometimes we are. So what? We've done worse things than hypocrisy. I've lied a few times. How about you? Try to tell a lie every once in a while just to stay in shape. 
Of course, not in the pulpit. Just tell it to my wife. I don't have the money. And she keeps falling for it. But she's discovered all the hidden spots. Don't tell them where you hide the money. Uh, now he, he takes up this pitiful response of Israel. Is it that you haven't heard the message that you haven't believed? No. You've heard the message. But you won't believe it. Faith comes by hearing this message. And the message is heard through the message that proclaims Christ. But I ask, did they not hear? Of course they did. And he quotes Psalms 19.4 and someone says, that's use of natural revelation. The heavens shout out the glory of God. Yes, they do. And he's saying, now the gospel is moved into the same category. It's being broadcasted by God's infant church as far as the heavens could go. They were taking it everywhere, everywhere. And Paul is saying, wherever there was a Jew, I hunted them down to preach. Wherever I could preach, I took it. And so he says, this gospel has gone universal and is still running to all the nations of the earth. Then he goes on, God has already told you, Israel, he's going to save Gentiles because you didn't want him. He's going to make you envious by a people that are not a people. He's going to Gentiles too. And then he says, I was found by those who did not seek me. Did you know what? Here, every one of you, hear this. You're going to heaven because of God's mercy and because he sought you, you didn't seek him. He hunted you down to save you. I wasn't looking for God when I found God. God wasn't lost. I was. And he said, I've given my gospel to those, get this, I didn't even ask for God's help. I wish he would have left me alone and I could have gone to hell without ever missing Christ. But he wouldn't, he just kept, kept, kept asking me to come. And you too. Or you wouldn't be here today. No man seeks after God, but God seeks after all men. And he ends by saying, all day long, I've held out my hands to a disobedient and obstinate people. Let me tell you two great tensions. When I was in Romans 9, I was kind of dreading it because it's such strong sovereignty and election. And some of you just break out in hives when you hear that. And I thought, wow, this is so strong. Jacob have I loved. Esau have I hated. I chose them before they were. I mean, strong election, strong sovereignty. Guess what? He comes over to chapter 10, and he goes to strong human responsibility. People get this line right here. Don't forget it. People go to heaven because God is merciful. People go to hell because people are stubborn. What did he say in verse 21? I held out my hand all day to an obstinate, obstinate, hard, disobedient people. They were not passively rejecting. They were saying, we don't want it. We don't want it. We heard you. We heard you. We heard you. We don't, you don't, get, you don't read our faith. 
we heard what you said. We don't want it. But you'll perish. We don't want it. But you must have Christ. We don't want it. Matter of fact, if you say it again, we're going to stone you, Paul. Men go to hell not because they're not chosen, but because they've chosen to be stubborn. And all day, the great evangelist God says, I've stood all day, all day. Did you ever, as a boy in PE, have the, the, the teacher, if you got out of line, said, hold your hands out and don't let them drop until I tell you. Did you ever do that? Just try that sometime. See, see how long you hold your hands out there. You will make it an hour. He said, all day, all day. McGee told the story years ago about a West Texas rancher out of Amarillo area that uh, was an obstinate, crusty old cowboy with a wonderful Christian wife and twin daughters. The pastor would visit the house on occasions and always rejoiced to leave because the man was so obnoxious and so uh, hard to deal with. And, uh, but the wife was just a, a wonderful Christian. One day this rancher was riding his pickup in the area and it came over the news that the school where his children, his two daughters, attended school had caught fire. He drove over there, wanted to see what all was going on and his worst fears were confirmed in that his own daughters were consumed in the flames. Young girls, five, six, very young. The pastor was dreading the visit because the man was already vile. And all he expected was cussing and damning God and the church. As he went to the parlor and the two girls were in coffins in the parlor like they used to do. And the wife was there. The pastor came in and greeted them sat down, tried to be a comfort. And after so long, this old crusty rancher, this hardened man, he spoke up to this preacher. And he said, preacher, let me tell you, you don't need to say any more. He said, God has been after me for years. For years he's been trying to get me. But I never knew he wanted me this bad. Because I can't run any further than this. I never knew he wanted me so bad that he'd take the apples of my eye. And he received Christ that day. And I see so many people, I ask, how much pain will it take before you listen to him and you call for his help? The pain is great enough. We've often been called the pain religion. People don't come to Christ unless they need a crutch. Well, we not only need a crutch, we need a brand new life. I wonder what folks doing that are growing up on drugs and Jack Daniels and 15 relationships. If they're, how many crutches do they have? Their crutches are all broken. We don't get a crutch. We get a divine person with everlasting arms. We get a person that says, I can carry you through anything. Yes, we are weak. Yes, we are broken. But he says, come. And he said in Isaiah 65, he doesn't quote it here. He said, come, Israel, come. And he says these words. If you'll read it in Isaiah 65, here am I. Here am I. 
And I never saw that verse in all my life. I've always heard that verse to be to me. Can I hear you say, here am I? And while God waits for us to say whether we are here for him or not, he says, here I am. I'm here for you. I'm here with salvation. I'm here with outstretched arms. Come, come. I am here for you. Will you come to the everlasting arms forever held out in unrequited love? He won't stop loving you even if he sends you to hell. He will not stop loving you. No man will go to hell and say he was unloved by God. He'll go to hell because he stubbornly rejected the love, the arms, and the sacrifice of God's Son. So, church, take the cotton out of your mouth this week and know that you've got a message that saves. You're not the best evangelist. You may not be the best in sharing words. You may be an introvert. You may be fearful. But remember, if you know this good news, God saves people when you share it. Family, friends, whatever. Maybe someone who's never heard it. And I say to you who have heard it, the grief of a pastor is to know so many that have grown up as children in this church that I know are perishing and will go to hell because they heard, but they never did believe enough to call, to call on the name of the Lord. That's the only way you can be saved. Our Father, we thank you for the joy we have of coming back tonight and uh, seeing this great uh, presentation on what truth is. And as we welcome all these new uh, uh, people to the church and extend to them the hand of fellowship. We just pray, bring us back. Give us rest. Give us refreshment. You said the word of prayer will sanctify marriage and even the food we eat if we'll only do it with thanksgiving. So I pray, let us have a thankful afternoon. And if there's anyone here that's never called upon the name of the Lord, and they're just resting on some facts they've known, but they've never called. It's my prayer that you would save them. Save the children of so many of us who have attended church for years and our children are still unsaved. We pray, we pray, don't drop your arms. Just penetrate our stubbornness and call us to yourself. We pray you'll do these things. In Jesus' name, amen. This is Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard, and you're listening to our series called Israel's Past, Present, and Future, taken from a larger set out of the entire book of Romans. As we close out our time together here today on Truth For Today, we would remind you that copies of the series are available for $15 or more. It's an eight-CD set that we're making available to you when you ask for it by name, Israel's Past, Present, and Future. Now, if you would like the entire 47-sermon CD set out of Romans, the entire book of Romans, that's available for a gift of $100 or more when you contact us at 855-833-9864. 
Your donations are all tax deductible and they go to further the ministry here on KFAX. Please remember that. These are donations that we use directly in conjunction with the radio broadcast to make sure that it continues here on KFAX. So bear that in mind as you contact us for these resource materials or if you're feeling led just to be a sponsor and a supporter of the radio broadcast, we'd love to hear from you as well. TFT sustainers are those who receive our quarterly newsletter, a once a year special gift, and you also have access to Take a Break. It's Pastor Phil's weekly video devotional, and it's all available for those of you who come to us saying, yes, I'd like to be a part of the ministry. I'd like to be a TFT sustainer. No gift is too small. No gift is too large. We'd love to hear from you today. Would you call us? Again, the phone number is 855-833-9864. Or you can write to us at 1511 M. Sycamore Avenue, Suite 278, Hercules, California, 94547 is our zip code. You can also find out more information about us as well as the greater ministry at Valley Bible Church by visiting our website, valleybible.org. That's valleybible.org. You're always welcome to join us for worship as well here at Valley Bible Church in Hercules. We have two service times, 9 and 11. For the directions and more information, again, you'll find it all at valleybible.org or give us a call, 855-833-9864. And would you let one of the ushers know that you're paying us a visit through the radio program? That would mean an awful lot to us. Thank you so much for joining us today. We look forward to seeing you next time we get together for another broadcast of Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard.